Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm Emily Benson, your host and best friend on this journey through boutique land. There's so many new uh, of you joining me as the weeks go on, as we're entering our 60-something-ish episode here. And uh, I just want to do a little bit of like, hey, welcome into the fold of my consulting business. I want to let you know a couple important things. Some of them are time sensitive. So if you're listening the last week of January as this drops, make sure that you uh, figure out how to come see me because one is I'm hosting this amazing party in Las Vegas. Yes, party time in Vegas. My terrible singing. No, but seriously, I'm hosting a really bomb party at the Encore in Las Vegas. The thing is, is that we're doing it in a suite. And so we need you to sign up with your email. I'm going to drop the link below in the show notes. So click into this and like see where the show notes are and make sure that we have your email because we're going to send you all the details about how to get to the suite and all that jazz. But Basically, it's guest list only. It's not like an open invite to everyone in the world um, because you guys are special. And if you're at uh, WWD Magic next week, February 6th is when we're doing the party. It's from 7 to 9. So that's the Wednesday night from 7 to 9. We'll have some drinks. We'll have some apps. We'll have some just fun, um, just mingling, really. It's like come meet other high-vibe boutique owners. I am not going to stand up and talk for too long. I obviously will say hi to you guys, but but seriously, this isn't like a training or like anything like that. I just I really want you to come and meet some other people, have some allies, you know, people that if you run into at Magic, you can say hi to. You know, for me, it's really there is a a function of what I do where I want to build a community and uh, you know, I want to do it in the most high vibe, super cool and chill way possible. So of course I got a suite. (laughs) So you're invited. And like I said, all you need to do to come to the party. So it's called Emily's Magic Meetup. It's on Wednesday, February 6, 2019 from 7 to 9 PM. All you need to do to be able to get all the info to come to the party is to just sign up with your email at the link in the show notes. And once you sign up, we'll send you the details and we'll be able to, you know, obviously let you know, but it's going to be at the Encore Las Vegas Encore Hotel, which is right next to the Wynn, which is very close to the convention center. So we tried to make it easy for you. And like I said, it's going to be chill because I know after a day of magic, you know, no one wants to learn more or like be told what to do. It's just, it's going to be fun and chill and just high vibe, meet people, meet me. Um, and so it's going to be fun. So make sure you get on that. The other thing is my retreat is halfway sold out. So if you haven't heard yet, I'm hosting a retreat here in Austin, Texas, where I'm living for the winter. And I'm psyched because again, high vibe, super cool hotel here in Austin. And if you didn't know, Austin is like the coolest new place to be like Apple is coming and building a campus here and like Bumble started here, Outdoor Voices. There's a bunch of startups. It's just a really, really cool community here. And so come be in that energy of either being a startup or being a small business in the Austin energy. It's just it's really, really awesome. And so retreat is March 22nd to the 24th, 2019. It's basically like two and a half days with me. 
at an awesome hotel called the Archer Hotel here in Austin. And it's for you if you are wanting to go to the next level in your business, but you're not sure how. You're like, I've tried all these things and I really just feel like I need to get back to who I am and what I want. Because for me, the more that I grow, Emily, as a coach, as a consultant, as a business owner, what I have learned is that it's literally not about the algorithm. It's not about posting more. It's not about influencers. It's none of that. Okay. Which contradicts what I'm going to tell you in this episode, but it doesn't matter. The bottom line is, is that to get to the next level in your boutique, it takes going inside. It takes tapping into yourself, into who you really are, into what you're meant to be doing here right now and building this business. So I want to invite you to the Rich Retailer Retreat March 22nd to the 24th here in Austin, Texas. The price is extremely low. All the food is included. Um, The hotel is not included, but everything else is included for the two days. We're going to have a crystal sound bath. There's going to be tons of time with me, lots of time with the group of women that's coming, which who's coming already is like the coolest high vibe women ever. And we're going to just have a really nice weekend where we tap into ourselves, into what we want for our business and where we want to go for the rest of the year. So I'd love for you to join me. You can find more info about that. I'll put it in the show notes, but it's just richretailerretreat.com. Anything that with me is always just the domain name. I, I own the domain name for all of my programs, all of my things. So rich retailer retreat.com. You'll find all the info there. We're still offering a payment plan that will probably end in the next two to three weeks here. Then it will just be a full pay situation. So I want to make sure you get in uh, at the easiest way, easiest payment possible. Like I said, it's two and a half days with me, a very intimate setting. There's only 50 women, maybe 60. That's where we max out. Um, But it's really come spend time with me. Understand how I've now built two six-figure-plus businesses. I'm helping myself and other women build million-dollar businesses without stressing out, without feeling overwhelmed, uh, with ease, with grace, with you know system structures, and really just tapping into what works for you. That's what we're going to talk about in this retreat. So I hope you'll join me. So those two things are ways to hang out with me, to come and interact with me. Like If you love listening to me on this podcast, if you binge listen to me all the time, Imagine how much more powerful my energy will be in person. On this episode, I'm psyched because I'm going to introduce you to one of my absolute favorite people in the entire world. His name is Alex Norton. We may or may not be related. We totally are. And he works in PR in Miami. So this is kind of a long episode, but he has a lot of really great stuff to tell you. And so I didn't want to cut a lot out, guys. He's talking about influencers. He's talking about events. He is working with amazing tastemakers in Miami and getting them pressed. And so he's giving you the inside, like real-time scoop on what's going on to basically grow the influence for your boutique grow, you know, your following and really start to work with people who are going to help you grow to the next level in terms of press, tastemakers, things like that. So I'm psyched for you to listen to this episode. It's funny. It's fun. If you want to watch this uh, in real time and see us talking to each other, I did post this on YouTube as well. So you can watch it there as well, but I hope you enjoy it. And uh, I hope to see you in person either next week or in March. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the Booster Boutique podcast. I'm psyched to introduce you to all of my followers. They already kind of know you. We'll get into that. Hi, everyone. How are you? So Alex is the founder and namesake of I Am Alex Norton, which is a PR branding and marketing firm based in Miami Beach. He works primarily with hospitality, restaurants, but also with beauty brands, skincare brands, and fashion brands. So I wanted to bring him on because so many of you are asking me, how do I work with influencers? Uh, How do I get free press? Like all this stuff. Alex is the expert. He's gotten his clients in Forbes and all, let's just say all the things. Yeah, all the things. (laughs) Everywhere. They're everywhere, darling. Um, 
I, I love it. I feel like for you too, I just really need people to understand what role you played in my businesses because you've just basically always been there for me and with me. So you just like tell people how you interact with the fashion truck, my first business, and now stylish and successful. Yes, of course. So obviously, I mean, not many people know this unless you've introduced, but I'm also, Emily's one of my first cousin, my mom and her dad are brother and sister. So we are related, not yeah. just but also familial. So that's this is true. Talking. You're that's like my, I feel like we call each other cousin, brother, and sister because yeah, we grew up on the same street. Brother. Yeah, we grew up right down the street from each other, very close our whole lives. So we've been kind of thick as these for years. And now we uh, have this nice working relationship. And actually, Emily was one of the first people I ever worked in retail for. I started as the first employee of the fashion truck um, back, how many years ago was that now? That was in 2011. So oh, yes, we're aging ourselves. How crazy is that eight years ago? I know, eight years ago, we were like in my parents' house with a truck outside playing business. And a like, truck dream, honey, a truck and a dream. <laughs> the truck, the best part about Alex too is that Although he's a dude, he's like a hundred percent in it with the ladies on the truck, like telling them they're gorgeous. I mean, like he was easily like my best salesperson. Yeah, people would always ask for me. I, I'm kind of one of those people that will give you all the compliments, but I'm also going to keep it real with you. That's the way I do in business too now. But I've always kind of been that person that just like, I'm going to tell you what's up. Like if it's not looking good, maybe we'll suggest something else. I'll say we'll workshop this look, and then we'll circle back and get something better for you, honey. But it's all about honesty and complimentary, okay? I like it. It's like just all the positive vibes. Like I feel like you and I and our family are sort of the ones who are a little bit extra. But oh, like, no, yeah, but it's also like extra in the best way because we're like super yeah. high vibe, like so positive. Like everyone wants us to like start a party basically. Yeah, like we're the people that when we walk into the party, you know, it's going to be like turned up. Like it's going to be in a good way. And not like a crazy way, but like in a fun way. It's always like the positive, you're right, like positive energy. And we're just kind of those like extroverted, you know, fun people. So Yeah, we're silly to yeah. like this 10th degree. Oh, yeah. It's like, I mean, you should come to a Christmas, everybody, and come see how wild and fun we are. Christmas is an adventure with our family. Yeah, yeah. we come from a big family, a loud family who like to sing. So our extroversion is accepted, although sometimes made fun of yeah uh, i mean whatever we can if you can take the joke you're fine yeah we exactly can, so exactly um well and i feel like it's exciting now because you uh i mean you are also we forgot to mention your voice might sound really familiar to our podcast listeners because yes. you are the voice of the podcast you open the show you close the show so women like literally go to sleep with your voice in their ears. I mean, that is probably something that has not been heard in many years for me, to be honest. But um, I'm glad that women all over the country are hearing my voice to go to sleep. I hope it's soothing. Most people think my voice is a little bit annoying from my Instagram. You can at me. I am Alex Morton. Same name as my business. It's, it, it's a whole nother world. But um, no, yeah, I think we did that how many years ago, whenever you started the podcast, and I remember you asked me to do it. And I think I did like 800 practice rounds. And I used to kind of be in the, you know, entertainment, acting, you know, musical theater business. So we had the little, uh, the little voice work going on there. But yeah, totally. I was in I finally got it down. I felt confident with it. Yeah, it's really good. And I always think, oh, I should change it. But I also love the memory of like being in Guatemala, holding my iPhone up to my computer, you on speakerphone, and just like one take, you just like nailed it. I was like, finally, like you sent me all these terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, chill out. And you were like, I'm so nervous. I'm like, just. I was being tragical. I might have moved my computer a little bit. It was really dramatic, but now you nailed it and now we all get to enjoy it. So it's really fun to get to have you throughout. Now you're gonna see me like on all 30 minutes of the podcast. So Yes, you're gonna hear my voice. Just follow the sound of my voice. Comic. And you do have a really great Instagram, and I think that's kind of how you got into like working with influencers and P it's sort of like a key piece to 
just your brand and how you've started to like build your brand too is like from your own Instagram. Like what I want to ask you first and foremost, how are people not using Instagram that you're using it that is like getting you likes and follows and DMs and I mean like you're just kind of like a as our nephew says, you're always vlogging, but it's really yeah, just I'm always I don't think he knows what vlogging is. I don't vlog, but maybe eventually we'll start that. You're just always on Instagram stories though. That's like big for you. I think that the way that I do it, that's different. Um, I don't have a huge following and it is slow and steady. It's not like I pay for followers or anything like that. I did it when I started out, to be honest with you, I did it for fun. Like I loved creating memes. I'm a really big story person. I used to do a lot of um, static posts, which are posts that live on your page all the time. So just like anything that you post. But when stories really came out, I was using Snapchat and I was doing that a lot and I was using all the fun filters. And then when Instagram story launched, I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Like, why would I? I was like, I've already got Snapchat. It's like when you had the MySpace back in the day and people were like, Facebook, this new thing. And you're like, I'm not doing that. I'm a MySpace girl. I'm going to have my top 10 forever. Like, this is my life now. Yeah. But, you know, like with everything, you adapt and you change and people start using it. So when Instagram story really started kind of picking up traction, I realized that I was getting more views on that than I was likes on my post. And then when they changed the algorithm at some point, I realized that that was driving more traffic to my actual Instagram page and followers than just posting something with hashtags. So... I think the thing that I do differently now too with stories specifically is that I try to make it as authentic as possible. It's not like I'm, a, I'm like a real influencer where I'm like getting, you know, paid sponsored posts. Like once in a while I'll get sent something fun because I have friends, obviously other people in the PR industry, but I try to make it fun. I try to think about to me what people would want to see something that would brighten their day i don't try to like make anything too heavy if i have a negative experience i actually just said this i went to a restaurant the other day i had a terrible experience but i made it a joke like i made like oh, the whole thing and i didn't i didn't do mean-spirited i didn't tag the restaurant in it but i just i kind of wanted to play around with the bad experiences do the positive twist on it and make it funny to make someone laugh and from that i i literally received probably 50 to 60 in like being like oh where is that restaurant and i was like i'm not going to tell you where it is like but everyone's like i think this is so funny this is great and i think that what you really need to do is like people think in this day and age especially with influencers that you kind of always have to i think that's like branding too that you have to always be selling something or selling yourself or or portraying this image and not like it, you just have to be authentic you have to be who you are own your brand your voice but also have fun with it and I think at the end of the day, some people take themselves a little bit too seriously on it. And if you really own it and let yourself be silly and play around with it, then it's, I mean, it's so much more authentic for your followers. They feel connected to you on a different level so that when you do, you know, do the promotional things or you do do that, then they feel like it's a friend recommending something to them. It feels like for boutique owners, it feels like, oh, I have this new, you know, I have a new sweater and I have new accessories and it feels like a friend is recommending you know, style advice to you other than someone selling something to you. It feels a little bit more organic. I so. absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. And I find, you know, here's the other thing that I would love for you to just give your two cents on is like, I find that a lot of us who are in the business, in a business, like we're, we are selling, mm -hmm. we have a little bit of trouble. I would say, sh where's the line between sharing and oversharing? Like, where do you feel like, okay, I want to share my life but like, I don't want people in my bedroom. I don't want my kids all over the place. Like, I don't want to show every meal I eat. Like, where would you say like during your day, where are good spots during your day to like kind of share that authentic side of you? Where would you like tell people to think about that more? I think people, I mean, especially for boutique owners, you should do, you should leave it all at the store. To me, it's, it, you can have a little bit of that life. If you want to sprinkle in the kids, if you want to sprinkle in the husband or the wife or whoever you've got, your partner, if you want to do that, that's fine. But I would keep it in the store and you can do your running commentary from there. You can have, say, oh my God, the shipment came in and there was an issue and you can make it this whole funny little like play and make it feel like authentic there. Like they're letting in a little bit something about your life, like, but it's related to the store. It's related to your brand. Like a behind the scenes more behind than anything. Yeah, kind of like the daily thing, maybe interacting with customers, too funny. If someone comes in and is like 
just like a hoot. Like I remember being at the fashion truck and there were people that would just come in that were so funny. And I was like, can I record you for- Don't you wish we had Insta stories then? So fun. But like engaging people and bringing them into it too. It's also one of those things that like more people are gonna be trying to be like, oh my God, if I go there, I'm gonna be on their Instagram story. It's gonna be so fun. Like that's really like, such a good tool. But, like letting people- yeah, breaking down the wall. The, yeah, the fourth wall is like in theaters, like just breaking into the audience. But I think that that's, I mean, you're on Instagram. You can really do it with it, whatever you want. But I think that letting people in, in a professional capacity and separating the personal life out of it, you can have your personal life, but it's related to your brand in the store. Not so much related to like, I'm having a salad at 302 because I worked so hard today. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, I feel you. There are definitely people because I'm in that age set where they have kids and then suddenly their whole feed turns into their kids. And I'm like, this is not why I followed you. So no, it's hard. It's you, like know. You, you, you know what? You can separate that. You can have your own personal page and you can sprinkle them. Yep. In. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not mommy shaming anyone. Like you can <laughs> do whatever you got to do, girl. But I'm just telling you from my background that's and the brand that I've worked with, that's yeah. always my recommendation is yeah. kind of add a little bit of yourself into it. So it feels authentic without kind of inundating them with information about yourself because like yeah you're not the kardashians okay i mean yeah 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 yeah. no i like that it's more about like the behind the scenes of your business that's how you're sharing and separating it from that selling moment that you'll have that selling moment every day but you'll also have that sharing moment every day that Mm -hmm. really works i mean you can do that like schedule it like we talked about this before you and i it's it's about like segmenting and maybe creating like an actual channel within your channel programming. So like on Tuesdays, you can have a segment where it's like behind the scenes in the stock room. You can do like customer Tuesdays where you like interview customers or like do like, I I would love this. Like if you did like a little fashion show moment where you had like, you know, someone in the store and they come out and you do like a little runway, like a little glamour, glitz, eleganza, you know, have them in and out and and really kind of strut their stuff. And, or, you know, the next day do like a Q and A with someone just like on an Instagram live. There's so many opportunities to do things um and just like program it out and you know have it structured but you know feel authentic yeah i love that i love just having like even if it's two days a week where it's like a regularly scheduled thing that's something that actually i've been wanting to start including and so you're going to start seeing that in my stuff too is like two days a week i want to do something that's like super interactive whether it's like a q a or some kind of like hey let me review your your website and I'm going to live review it, you know, something like that. So it feels like also that connection, it's a connection point with people, you know, social media isn't just about posting things and running away. It's about connecting with humans, like making friends. You have to to put it out there. You have to be prepared to engage. Yeah. That's all about if you're putting something out there and then doing nothing with it, it's like, what's the point? I love that you said you have to be prepared to engage. You have to be prepared. You have to, if you're putting something out there, the reason that you're putting it out there in general is for people to see it and engage with you. And it has to have a purpose. Unless it's the, pur- the purpose can be for fun. That's so it's such a simple thing. Yeah. The purpose of this post can be to make someone laugh. And if they respond to you, ha ha, ha 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 ha, then you serve your purpose right there. It doesn't have to be my purpose is to sell. My purpose is to get someone to come in the store. Your purpose can simply be something as easy as a laugh. Yeah, I love that. But it has to have drive and meaning behind it. And it needs to feel like there's something more. There's something significant. Yeah, it's the energy behind it. You know, it's like what we always talk about. It's like the energy behind whatever you do is what's going to drive it and how it's going to get mirrored back to you. So if you put it out there and run away, then people are going to look at it and run away. It's like, that's what happens. But I mean, I feel like there's this huge trend of influencers. I mean, we've been just seeing it grow, seeing it grow. I have a lot of sort of, I get feedback from my people that they get a lot of like DMs from these kind of smaller time influencers wanting to work with them. You kind of call them like tastemakers and social, it's like a really a social media relationship. Like, can we talk more about that? Because I think that's where you are really good at connecting brands with influencers who actually do move the needle. And how do you judge that? Like, 
we just want to know about that yeah, more yeah. about that. Okay, yeah. So influencer relations, it's important to know that there's different types of influencers. So I'm going to break them down into the categories. This is not, you know, general. This is what I categorize them into. I'm based in Miami. So we have different, different things. There's going to be different people in your town. It's going to be, I mean, you can, you know, draw the box, whichever way you want to. So the way that I define it is there are social media influencers. Those are people that are on social media that have a large following and they're broken into two categories to me. There are macro and micro influencers. Macro are your people that have like 20,000 plus up to, you know, millions, like celebrities, that kind of thing. Okay. I would even put celebrities in a different category because you normally have to pay them for things. So there are the macro, micro social media influencers. Then there are what they call... And the, the word influencer is thrown around for everything now, but I break them down to those type of people that are social media based. So then that, micro, sorry, wait, so go back. So micro influencers are less than 20,000. Micro influencers, not even less than 20. Like I would say probably like 10 and up would be a little bit more macro. Okay. Because I'm following, like it really is. And it, it, it depends on the engagement too. Like you have to look at all these different factors and engagement is, not just how many likes that they're getting on a post. You can ask them to see how many story views that they're getting and checking. This is a really important thing with that is just defining who you want to work with and engagement is so important is looking at the likes to the ratio of comments, but look in the comments, click on them, do your research, look at the comments and see if they're engaging with their own followers. That's the great thing. But if it's all just them writing back, so they have maybe like 200 comments on it, but 150 of them are them just writing back random things to like their followers, then the engagement isn't really there because it's not all their actual followers like writing how much they love it. So you're not getting like, they're engaging, but it's not engagement. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not a conversation is what you, like you want to look in the comment section and see a conversation breaking down that wall like we've been talking about between that influencer and their followers. Exactly. Cool. So that to me is social media micro. Like I would be, I would be considered someone that's micro that I have, I don't know, 2,000, 2,200 followers, but you know, I can bring people places and obviously I work in PR and marketing and have those kind of connections all around, but I would never consider myself, like I would never even call myself an influencer, but um, yeah, that's the difference really between micro and macro influencers. Now the next category that I would define people into are tastemakers. Now your tastemakers are the people in your town, city, market, region that are people that don't necessarily have a large social media following or even really a, a social media following at all, but they're people that are ingrained into your community that are very well connected. Now this can be the leader of the PTA. This could be uh, the, someone that starts a charity, a nonprofit organization in your town. This can be um, you know, a soccer mom that's friends with all the other moms or right, someone that's right. very well connected. Sure. That has a strong following, a strong friend group that they can, they kind of rally around them. And they're the people that kind of uh, move the needle a little bit as to where their friends go. And there's always one in a group. You can always identify him or her, them. You can identify any of them. But they're the type of people that you want that you're not necessarily utilizing to get social media placements. You're utilizing them to bring people, actual people in the store. And at the end of the day, what's social media for other than ROI to get people, you know, brand awareness and have them come in and experience the store too. So you're really kind of cutting out the middle man with a tastemaker as opposed to a social media influencer. Right. Um, some of them overlap too. Tastemakers can be influencers. They can have those following and so, so tell me, but like if I have an online boutique, I probably can't use a tastemaker necessarily. I mean, that's more like word of mouth. If you were, if you were going to use a tastemaker, you could like give them some kind of discount or maybe send them some free things. Got it. Um, maybe they even, if you have an online discount and you don't have, I mean, an online, not discount, sorry, an online retail and you wanted to do a pop-up and you hosted it at one of these people's homes, that's like such a great opportunity to kind of, without, you know, the responsibility of a brick and mortar, getting into these people's homes and kind of connecting with, you know, your local taste. I love that you could even have this tastemaker like host a night at your pop-up or host the launch party of the pop-up, something like that where yeah. they are literally physically getting people in your, in your location. Exactly. And the real thing that. with that is just kind of um, making sure that you do some kind of incentive program for any of them. I mean, this kind of goes into a, like an, another discussion, but 
with your tastemakers and your influencers, it's, it's going to be, there is a little bit, it's not a financial commitment unless there are, you know, they have a very large following, but these kind of people are either expecting to get free accessories or clothes for photo shoots, which is one way that you can do it or be gifted something. Okay. That they can put their the pictures or come into the store and you, it's it's a little bit of a give and take there. Yeah. So would you say that like every because I think a lot of my followers are like I just want to know what the plan is, what the contract is, what people get paid. I mean, you, you're probably going to tell me every person's different and mm -hmm. you've got to negotiate it with that person and it has to be mutually beneficial. It does. At the end of the day, you have to know going in what you can afford, what you want from them, and what you can offer them. Because if you go in just kind of like, oh, you know, what do you, what do you do? You go in with a solid offer. You say, you know, this is what we have. How can we work within those confines? If that means they're just going to do stories and not a static post, but maybe, maybe you just want stories. Maybe you don't want static posts. You can work with these people. I mean, they, a lot of them have other jobs, but a lot of them do this solely. So you have to understand also that these people do this as a living. So they're going to want to be compensated and as they should be because they're providing you a service. It's the same thing basically as advertising. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an advertising cost really. Are the new advertisers. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. You have to budget that. I mean, advertising is a whole nother story. I'm not involved in that. We're not going to go into it. But you can take six figure boutique blueprint to learn yeah, about social media ads. Available now online. Ads. Girl, okay. <laughs> It's not, well, technically it's not, or we're on wait list right now. It'll be open soon. What are we doing when we want to get like press? How do we get articles? I mean, the fashion truck, when I had the fashion truck, I was in InStyle. I was in Lucky Magazine, you know, all the local newspapers, the Herald, all that stuff. I teach about a lot of this stuff in my courses, but tell me what is new and now. How are we getting in magazines in newspapers on our local tv what are we doing to do that so from a to b with press outreach it's identifying obviously you, you know your brand at this point you have to understand your brand essence and understand who you are as an entrepreneur and your unique story that is one of those things that i think people think that pr is like oh i i opened a store and someone's going to want to cover it because it's a store no what sets you apart and what is your personal story? Why did you open your boutique? Why did you start your brand? What is it about you that sets yourself apart from other entrepreneurs? Now that can be any story like, I, you know, I, I've worked with people that have started, you know, skincare lines because they've had, you know, skin issues, eczema, psoriasis, um, and they wanted a natural alternative that worked for them. So they did that. I've worked with, you know, restaurants that the, the woman found out that she was, uh, had celiac and wanted to do a gluten-free, you know, vegan restaurant to like solve the problem for that. That was also, uh, you know, approachable and affordable. So you really dig down deep and realize, you know, it might just be that you love fashion. That was your passion since you can remember. You, that's what all you've thought about doing. It's what you studied in school. But there is a unique angle that you have to, you know, search within yourself, or maybe it's even something in the store that you, you know, that's unique to you. Maybe you design some of your own, you know, clothing or your own accessories, or you carry a brand or you're, this is actually a good one. If here's a, an example, like if you are someone that loves to promote um, local, I'm trying to think of the word, like local craftsmen or craftsmen. Yeah, yeah like handmade stuff. Like handmade stuff from the community and what you're doing is like you're doing an assignment and you're helping out people or you're somehow you're donating back to an organization somewhere. There's a good like charity time. It's just deciding and figuring out what your story is, how to utilize that and tell it in the best way you can. And that's obviously through, you know, media outreach, through a press release and creating a press kit. Yeah. And so that story then becomes what we would traditionally call a pitch, right? A pitch that we would pitch either a producer at a TV show or a, uh, an editor at a magazine or a newspaper. And how are we sending that to them? Like, are we just really like emailing them? Like what's, what's going on there? If I was a boutique owner, I want to DIY this. Email or call, like uh, as a publicist, no journalist ever, ever. And if anyone is watching this, I know you're going to agree with me. No journalist wants to get a phone call. So I will tell you a little tip after I talk about this. It's all about emailing. 
A lot of them you can find on websites. A lot of like the online magazines, I'm sure like Boston Herald, I know that the Miami Herald here, they have all their, their info, like their authors at the bottom. It says like their, their, yeah, their email, their name. Yeah, totally. Um, but no one ever wants to do that. But the most terrifying thing you can do a journalist is say, I will follow up with a call tomorrow. Thanks. And then write your name. They'll be like, no, 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 no. Do not call me tomorrow. I'll answer the email. It's honestly the, the best like open response rate I've ever had in my life. They're like, no, I don't want to talk to another publicist or another person that's trying to pitch me something. Like they would just be glad to like read your email. So, I mean, that is definitely what you need to do, I think, is in your, you know, town, city, market, general region, is identify, you know, who your targets are. Who are the people that are writing online? Who are the producers that are doing fashion segments um, or accessories or lifestyle? Who are the people on the radio that are talking about that? And if they're not fashion, maybe they're just more general lifestyle. Um, and identify those people and figure out ways to reach them. We use in PR a tool called Cision that's an online database that's very expensive and it's not user-friendly if you don't. I mean, Cision, I, I like it and they're probably gonna like send me a mean letter or something. No, 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 well, we're not gonna, we mean, like, listen, we're like, my people are women at home. Yes. You know, they either have a store or they're online. They're, they really, the, working with an agency or things like that just isn't, it's not really necessarily where they're oh, at. Of course. So we're like so what I'm, 100% like DIY. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm saying. It's not, you're not going to use that kind of thing. So your best way to do that is just doing a little bit of online research. It's really just, you know, Googling. I still do it to this day to try to find some writers. Really, a lot of them love to tweet and are very active. So if you find out a name and you can't find our email, look for them on Twitter. Like look up the, the look up the outlet that they write for. Maybe that outlet follows them on Twitter. I'm like a full stalker in that way. Like or Instagram. People love writers love Instagram. So it, there are definitely tools that you can use at home. You don't have to be a PR pro. You don't have to do that. And when you do get these contacts and you do it, I, I always send like an initial. If I don't know someone personally, if I've never met them or had a relationship or worked with them in the past, it's really important to kind of introduce yourself do your research do your homework about these people it takes time but it will reward you in spades do some research on them if it, i mean it sounds kind of creepy but like if they have a facebook maybe you find out that they love cats or something in your intro email to them just say hi I cats too. <laughs> i'm so and so and i also love cats or like i saw that you like cat like they're gonna be like i mean maybe a little creeped out but also i've never had someone that's been like Oh, that's weird that you told me that. Like, they're like, oh my God, thank you for like noticing that about me. Like they, they just want like a little bit something that's more personalized, tailored and special. So I like to do a personal outreach pitch first saying like, this is what I am. This is the type of business that you are. This is kind of what you're offering a little bit about who you are without giving them a press release, without giving them like the, the pitch. You can give them a little bit of little tease or a little taste without, you know, giving them the whole enchilada. Okay, okay. So just like a little chips and salsa first. Yeah, a little appetizer. A little intro. Hey. It feels more authentic too. It feels yeah. like you actually care about getting to know them, which you should because that's what relationship with media is all really about. Yeah, yeah. And then once they, you know, what if they don't write back to that email and we feel rejected? Do we just we like, it, we keep going? We call it the one rule follow-up. Hi. How are you? Me again. I love a follow-up. I love I don't a follow-up too. Follow -up, but I do like a good follow-up. I think that it's, it shows you that you're a little persistent. I think after one follow-up, two is just a little bit despy, you know, a little desperate. So maybe don't do that. Yeah. But um, I, you know what? If it doesn't work out, maybe the circle's inundated yeah. with, you know, emails. They get, I mean, media gets so many pitches a day. I've, I've worked with media to get 300, 400 pitches a day. They don't have time to read them on. Maybe they'll get to them two weeks later. So right. you have to kind of trust and have faith and believe that, you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And, you know, move on. Thank you next to the next one. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, there's a line of like, okay, we can't feel rejected by this stuff. We have to move on and we have to know that there is going to be a super thirsty editor out there one day that remembers your email because it was interesting and it was nice and they need a piece for something because I have, you know, my, my best friend was a producer for years and she would say, I'm desperate for someone to talk about this or I'm desperate for an expert on this. 
And so, you know, if she has that somewhere in her database and she can call you when the news story pops up for you to comment and blah, 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 there you go, right? So it's this fine line, I feel like, between reaching out, knowing that you're like going to get in this loop, but also not feeling bad if today is not the day. It might be, like you said, in a month. It might be in two months. Or it might be, I've had people say that they've used some of the stuff I've taught and they get a call back like, that afternoon, hey, can we come over that this afternoon? Yeah. Send something in the morning. So it just depends. It's like it's what what's on the slate for them and what they're working on at the moment. And you just kind of have to trust in the process and not get too down on yourself because PR is unfortunately a, a game of rejection. So you kind of have to have a tough skin. It's not for the faint of heart. I mean, it's it's it can get tough. It does. And it's, it's very taxing, but you know, being someone, if you're just doing it from home and every once in a while, don't get too down on yourself. It's not, they're not being mean to you. It's not because they don't like you or they don't like your story. It's just that they probably don't have time at the minute, but you know, there, there's something like you said, they could come back and be like, I need a fashion expert on something. I need a segment on fall fashion. And they'll think, Oh, that amazing, you know, writer wrote out to me and said that I liked cats and I knew they liked cats. And they'll be like, that that's the girl we want. She has spunking personality, or he does, or you know. So there's definitely opportunities, but yeah, you cannot get down on yourself because that is gonna like just kill your vibes and no vibes. As as sweet brown one said, ain't nobody got time for that. This is so true. Yes. Okay, last thing I want to talk about is doing events. So if we have a brick and mortar store or we have an online shop, I think this kind of applies to everyone. Mobile, I think you could really do an event with any of these. You know, everyone likes it. Well, I can't do that because blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. You can do an event. You can figure it out, whether it's hosting it at like a bar or a coffee shop or whatever. How would I start off? Give me like a quick, like a one, two, three step on doing a great event to promote your, your store. I mean, the best thing that you can really do is if you have a brick and mortar, especially, or even can do a pop-up, I think the best thing is to lend your space. It doesn't really cost you any money. Normally, these organizations that are coming in, as you're looking at me like... I'm like, hmm. lend your space. Hmm, this is not going the direction I was like... Oh, what, I, okay, so what I would say is the best and the most inexpensive way that you can get exposure and having these things is it's, we do this all the time with restaurants and hotels. We bring in local organizations, whether that's a media organization, whether that is a nonprofit. Um, it can just be like, you know, the PTO, a mommy group, anyone. It's inviting them into the space or if they're looking, there's always people looking to host events in like interesting places. They can't just do it all at the same, you know, coffee shop or bar. Give them an opportunity to bring their people in. You're getting a new audience or you're getting an audience that's already your customers, but they're coming into your store all together. Now, the group mentality of shopping, we all know, ladies and gentlemen, is like, oh, it's on fire. If you get a bunch of them in a store together, it's on. You're lit. Yeah. Why not open yourself up to opportunity? Most of the time, they're going to bring their own wine or cheese or food. All you're doing is giving them the space. Keep your store open. You close at 6 o'clock. Have the event from six to eight o'clock. You're not, it. it's not like they're, they're in your store or even have the store open. You can't, it's just, it makes it look busy and you have people in there that are generating revenue for you. And it's also just, an, you know, exposing. It's brand awareness at the end of the day. And we're taking pictures during this event. We're, pu- sure. we're using it for social. We're doing stories. It's the whole yeah. circle. What, what you're doing with those people that are, you're, you're seeing all the, you know, they're the social. They come, sorry, I'm like out of it right now. I'm like sweating in this jacket. We're going to take it off. Please. <laughs> I was just feeling really nervous. This is his first podcast interview. I know. Well, on ca- she, told, she tells me an hour ago, you're going to be on camera. And yeah. I go, oh, God, this is get, get the bronzer. We're going to be on camera. I know. We're going to go get some powder and bronzer and get it, to, get it snatched. But what was I saying? Oh, Lord. Let's get back to it. Okay. We're, we're having the event. We're taking lots of pictures. Yes. Well, how else are we like utilizing social media for this on our own, but also probably this organization is going to post and. Yeah. So there, I mean, you're getting the people that are there that are sharing. You're also grabbing their content. So your their user generated content is something that you can repurpose, whether that's uh, for your static post, for reposting on your Instagram story, for 
I mean, really anything. And then you're also getting the added benefit of the organization who, you know, could have like quite a reach on their actual social media, um, you know, pushing that out there. So to me, there's, there's no, there's not really a benefit unless they're asking for some kind of financial compensation or they're asking you to provide booze or something. But like, if it is that, if they're asking for you to get wine, like go, go to Trader Joe's, get some two buck chuck, sister. Like, it's fine. Take yes. a little investment. You're getting all those people in there and you know, you're, you're, you're really getting a lot more than you're putting into it at that point. Just, and again, it's an advertising write-off. Like, exactly. I feel like this, and this idea I know can work whether you're in a tiny town or you're in a big city, like, don't give me the excuse that you live in a small town because there has to be a Rotary Club, a business association, oh, a, of course. a Kiwanis Club, something with some peeps that want to come out and get out of the house. Yeah. Do you have kids in school? There is a, probably a PTO. Utilize them. PTO. And listen, if you wanted to do that even as a fundraiser for the oh, PTO, PTO. I think, I think it's different depending on the town. Oh, I don't even know what it stands for anymore. Um, it's parent teacher association or organization, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Obviously, I do not have children, as you can all tell. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> clearly. But here you could even donate money back. Like you could do like a 10% kickback too. Oh, just in good faith. And again, charity write-off, all that good stuff. I mean, all this stuff, I think the coolest part about PR, you know, social media, all this stuff like this is just a basic expense for your business. Like it's something that's going to help. And it's something that takes it off your plate. Like it's, you're basically leveraging other people and other people's platforms to help build your business. So the pressure can kind of be offloaded a little bit, you know, energetically. Exactly. So, okay. I want to ask you just as some kind of wrap up questions here, because this is, we could talk for five hours, but we'll just have you on again. Um, one is you have fairly recently started your own company. You're on, on your own now as an entrepreneur. I want you to talk about like the number one toughest thing or hardest thing you've had to deal with, with that transition. Like what has kind of like surprised you or blown your mind? Because I think a lot of women that listen, a lot of men, they want to make the transition. They maybe haven't yet, or maybe they're in the first couple of months and they're struggling. What has been crucial for you, hard for you? Give me some advice. I mean, I think the most crucial thing is staying motivated and staying on track and really getting into a flow of the way that you work and not being too hard on yourself when you do it. So my thing is that I, I've never been someone that's an early riser. I'm always, I always, always go to sleep very late and I don't love waking up at six o'clock in the morning. And the problem with that is like, I see all these things and I don't like, I love when like entrepreneurs are like, you know, the early bird gets the worm and like, you need to wake really, everyone, no one fits inside a box. I'm the type of entrepreneur that wants to work on my own schedule. And I don't want people making me feel bad because I wake up at 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm working till two o'clock in the morning sometimes, but it, it really just depends on who you are and the way you work. So it's really finding that balance and not feeling bad about it. But for me, it was really the struggle that I faced was working, you know, in a boutique PR agency that I was in the office basically every day, nine to six, to having all the free time in the world. I mean, you can do, I mean, not all the free time because you're obviously working, but you, you set your own schedule, you make your own hours. So you have to have some sort of, you know, schedule for yourself because otherwise you're just going to, you know, do whatever you want and you can go, I mean. Waste a lot of time. It's discipline. And you have to, you have to be fair to yourself. The reason that you're an entrepreneur is to work hard for freedom. It's not about money. It's not about any, it's always about, you know, making yourself feel more free. And part of that is not guilting yourself for, you know, maybe one day you need to take a break and you do something. We talked about this a lot. You do something for yourself. You go get a massage. You just take a long walk. You take a bath, whatever you need to do to make yourself feel better. That's, that's another form of like, to me, like with being an entrepreneur, like success is like, now you have the time to do that, do it. You know what I mean? Like enjoy it, work hard, play hard and you know, relax hard. Where can people find you and follow you? 
and your beauty and grace. Yes, yes. Follow me. Um, You'll love the stories. Look at the highlights. They're they're something else. You can follow me at I am Alex Norton on Instagram, also on Twitter. And do not Facebook request me because she does not use that very often. But you can. We'll be friends. It's fine. I'll take it. (laughs) Your friend door is closed. Yes, my friend Doris, as, as, um, as the kids are saying, hashtag no new friends, but no new friends. Yeah, you can be my friend. We can be friends. Instagram's the best one. It's the one I'm the most uh, engaging. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. You're on IG a lot. Yeah. You can see my daily ramblings, rants, adventures, debacles, ups, downs. Alex is basically like a vaudeville show on Instagram. Yeah, not, I'm not well. That's just. A vaudeville variety show with. Yeah some fun stuff in between tell me now just to finish up what is um what's your favorite boutique in south beach miami are you allowed okay. to say that i mean my favorite store it's a menswear store is okay. that okay i've got a lot of ladies i, mean, on I want like a menswear store and i also want like the cool underground like lincoln road one. Oh, lincoln road is no, I, I mean know, but like that cool one in the parking garage you know what I'm talking about. Oh, alchemy. Yeah, no, that's very cool. That's like that, so that, chic. That is so chic, yes. That's like, that's like not really Lincoln Road, though. The alchemy is like, that's at the end where like the bougie part is. Lincoln Road's very- Where the Rosa Mexicana is. Oh, I love Rosa Mexicana. Oh my God. <laughs> Sign me up for margaritas every day. Oh God. Okay, no, well, um, tell me your favorite boutiques. So my favorite boutique is a menswear store in Wynwood. They also have one in Brickell. It's called OFY. Shout out Ophir, a friend of mine that owns the store. And they carry really cool brands from kind of all over the world. Um, and that's kind of where I love to shop um, the most for different like cool t-shirts and jeans and jackets. And he does a lot of cool co-branding stuff. Um, Alchemy is really cool that they have a men's and women's like store. So that's kind of there and that's unique to Miami. Um, then there's a very famous store. It's almost like a little department store, but there's only, there's two of them now. There's one at Bull Harbor and one on Collins called the Webster. And that's like the Kim and Kanye store of Miami, but they're really cool. And then if I was gonna say like an underground store, MVM, oh my God, in Wynwood for women's wear. Oh, she's lit. She's amazing. Okay. Check her out. MVM. I love it. I also love the idea of Miami as like a fun branding photo shoot spot, like the Windwood Walls and the Beach. Like your summer, spring, summer 2019 collection shoots. I mean, maybe it's like 20 now, not 19. I don't know. No, it's like 19. People, boutique industry is very like wear now. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the girls that were shopping on the truck were like, I'm going to wear this tomorrow, you know? Yeah. So if you're doing like your resort, like come down to Miami, do a fun little shoot. Maybe you're going to carry some fun banana leaf prints, Beverly Hills hotel style. I'm not judging. Let's do it. Come down, get your tasseled earrings out and we're going to go and have a good time. Okay. We're going to end on that note because tassel earrings are happening. Yes, they are, honey. Okay. So now we'll just transition into you um, saying thanks for, thanks for listening. Did you love the episode as much as I did? Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Boost Your Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more.